Who's better going forward in week number seven on, Christian McCaffrey or Brees Hall? Am I absolutely crazy to not only like Brees Hall more than McCaffrey go forward, but to have Brees Hall as my number one overall running back for week seven through 17? This is not a video to tear down Christian McCaffrey or to suggest he can't be a top five running back in San Francisco. This is a video explaining why, because we we did a live stream on it. People were in an uproar. Some people obviously agree in our circles that Brees Hall is better than Christian McCaffrey go forward, but there are an overwhelming amount of people, even in our own circles, that don't agree with this concept, and especially people outside of our fantasy football community. They can't wrap their head around it. I'm going to break down the pros and cons for Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco. I'm going to break down the pros and cons for believing in a guy like Brees Hall, a rookie over a veteran like Christian McCaffrey, who's lived inside the top one to two for running backs in the past. I'm going to tell you why this guy right here is not only my number one running back go forward in 2022, but he's my number one overall player in 2023 fantasy football. And of course, in Dynasty, all of this and more, the Fantasy Football Show, it begins now. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Take a lap. Okay, so Christian McCaffrey is now a 49er, and a lot of people are excited, and everybody should be excited. This is the the biggest move in a long time, and if you're a football fan at all, you're excited about this. I mean, just seeing McCaffrey in that red is crazy. Let's talk about the cons for Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco. There are some pros, right? The Niners have one of the best defenses in the NFL, which is going to support the offense and the run game. The Niners are notorious for having one of the best running games in the NFL year after year. There should be a lot of goal line and, and scoring opportunities for CMC in San Francisco, more so than in Carolina. Carolina was a putrid offense. They had no quarterback. CMC was facing eight-man front after eight-man front. With all the weapons on this Niners team, McCaffrey will face less eight-man fronts and less stack box counts than he would have in Carolina. That's that's just fact. That's practically science. The concerns I have, though, everybody talking about San Francisco being this loaded roster. Oh my God, can you believe this roster? McCaffrey's going to blow up. There's so much talent on this roster. What does loaded really mean? Buffalo, they have Diggs, they have Gabe Davis, they have Josh Allen. They're loaded. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, they're loaded. But what do those two teams have in common? Quarterback, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Jimmy G is no Joe Burrow or Josh Allen. He's not even close. He's not even a top 10 quarterback. So when you say that this offense is loaded, it doesn't necessarily mean that McCaffrey's going to benefit from having a a loaded roster with a signal caller that's going to distribute and facilitate in a way that's that's not going to feed everybody at once and then you run out of time the game's over it's not like it's everybody gets to eat every single game this could be a situation where one player just like Debo and IU kind of rotating having good games is a reason IU and Debo don't blow up every game together they literally rotate because there's only so much volume to spread around. Now, the presence of McCaffrey should open up the offense, keep the offense on the field, less three and outs, and that will provide more opportunities for everybody. Just having McCaffrey in the offense, it'll be more efficient. But I don't know that McCaffrey will be as consistent as everybody thinks because Jimmy G 
can only facilitate so much. Maybe he's ultra efficient though and gets enough volume on the regular that even though the attempts are lower, the efficiency, the yards per carry, the touchdown rate, all that goes up enough to wash and keep him healthy because the, the truth is if you don't run him into the ground, McCaffrey has a, a, a shot at, at staying on the field, right? Shanahan worries me because this is a running back, Christian McCaffrey, that has not played a full season in three years. This is a running back that hasn't run for over a thousand yards for three seasons. He missed two games in 2020. He missed seven games last year in 2021. And surprisingly, he's only run for a thousand yards twice in his career. He ran for 1098 in 2018 and he ran the football for 1387 in 2019. Now, this isn't a, a, a crazy alarming stat because we all know that Christian McCaffrey is a, an even mix of receiving and rushing production. He doesn't need to run the ball for 1,400 yards. In fact, he barely runs the ball over a thousand. Only one year did he exceed a thousand by quite a bit, and then the other year was 1098. He's not a guaranteed thousand yard pace type of running back in San Francisco in 2022. Currently, if you extrapolate his his stats right now across 17 games, he's going to rush for about 1100 yards. So what's my point? My point is that the Niners are a heavy run team. The Niners are very good at bubble screens and and jet sweeps, and and they're great at getting the football in the hands of Debo and Ayuk and players like that around and at the line of scrimmage, which is how you want to use Christian McCaffrey in the Niners offense. The question is, will they involve Christian McCaffrey in that, or will they just try and run McCaffrey up the gut 18 times a game? Because if Shanahan does that, if he runs him into the ground and tries to ground and pound McCaffrey up the gut, he's going to get injured. McCaffrey is not a 1,400-yard running back, especially especially at this point in his career as he's in season number six here in 2022 at the age of 26 years old. Running backs decline in the 26 to 27 year range now. It's no longer 30 years old where a player declines. It is 26 turning 27. You enter your age 27 year as an RB in the NFL It's probably your last year of elite play if you're lucky. And you start to worry when you enter that 26 to 27 age season, which McCaffrey's entering right now. You couple with how old he is with the mileage that he's taken on over his six games in the NFL. And he's definitely a candidate to to be concerned about entering his 27 year old season. My my point is that this is not a, we already know what he is. He's not a 1400 yard rusher. Maybe, maybe Shanahan knows what time it is and understands the assignment. And maybe Shanahan's going to deploy him equal part wide receiver, equal part running back. Almost the flip reverse of what Debo is. Debo's a wide receiver that plays almost like equal running back. If he doesn't have a good receiving game, he has a good rushing game. If McCaffrey's used as the inverse, the the flip of what Debo's role is, then I think McCaffrey stands the best shot at staying healthy. And I'm not saying Shanahan won't deploy Christian McCaffrey in that fashion, but we don't know if he will. We don't know if his plan is to keep everything the way it is in terms of throwing the football to Debo Samuel, having Jimmy facilitate the way he currently facilitates, and then giving McCaffrey 15, 18 carries a game. If if they try and do that, he will break. So that's a concern for me. The fact that McCaffrey hasn't played a full season in three years, that concerns me. And the fact that you have so many mouths to feed with a facilitator like Jimmy G, almost like a funnel, and you're throwing a bunch of marbles in this funnel, only so many can get through one at a time. And Jimmy G is, is like that. He's holding back all this 
talent, it doesn't matter how many players you pile up on the field offensively, you can only utilize these players so much for so long and then you run out of time. The game's over. The team is overflowing with talent and I just don't think they can all be utilized in one game, which is why you see a rotation of this guy going nuts, that guy going nuts. You can't even get the ball to George Kittle. I don't know that I love the crowded environment in San Francisco for Christian McCaffrey. It's exciting he got traded there. It's exciting he's playing with Debo Samuel. It's exciting that his defense is probably the best defense in the NFL. A good defense controls the clock. A good defense helps support the run game. If the Niners defense is kept off the field, that means they're fresh and they don't get injured. I think this move, the main objective of it was to keep the defense healthy, to have the the offense move the football down the field, drain the clock so that the defense isn't constantly on the field, which is your biggest asset. You're winning. You're going to a Super Bowl if this defense is able to stay healthy and continue to dominate opposing offenses. And if you're three and out, and if you can't score more than 10 to 13 points, then the opposing offense is going to, and your defense is going to hold them all game, but eventually a team like the Bills will score 21 points, and if you can't put more than 13 points on the board, you're not beating the Buffalo Bills, even with the best defense in football. This move was to help keep the offense on the field, to help keep the defense healthy, to help move the football and score 21 points a game or more. I like I like it all in theory. I just don't know how I feel about the workload divide and that Shanahan will give Christian McCaffrey equal parts receiving and rushing work and duties. Here's the other problem that I have with this situation that McCaffrey's going to play week seven, we believe. But how much will he play? No one knows. And if anybody thinks Shanahan's going to telegraph that, or even if the news is wrong, let's say someone's giving out bad information, he's only going to get 12 snaps or whatever. Shanahan's not going to correct the record because that gives him an advantage if defenses or or fans or newswires are reporting that he's only going to get so much work. He's not going to be like, excuse me, let me correct the record. He's going to be used a lot more than that. It's to his advantage that the information's wrong. So don't expect to get any correct information from newswires or Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport. We don't know. No one knows. They probably don't even know right now. Kyle and John don't know how much work he's going to get. He's a smart kid. Football's been in his family his entire life. He knows play books he knows how to how to absorb wouldn't shock me if he was light years ahead of most people moving teams but there's still a general thinking that week number seven is going to be bland it's going to be 10 to 12 potential snaps it might be 15 maybe he gets eight carries we don't know maybe he gets a goal line carry and scores a touchdown but the thinking is week seven might be bland it might be a nothing burger you got to put him out there if you've got him unless you've got some kind of crazy Damian Pierce option or whatever but if you own McCaffrey more than likely he's your flex option at worst in week number seven but it might not produce a whole lot of production week number eight will he be fully embedded in the lineup and understand everything will he be fully utilized fully unlocked fully unleashed or will he still be getting to know the offense and absorbing things he's got a bye week in week number nine and you know fantasy football circles if this guy comes out and does nothing in week number seven then comes out and isn't fully unlocked in week number eight because he's still learning the offense then as a bye week in week nine people are gonna lose it fantasy football owners don't have the patience for a three game nothing burger not his fault in week number seven not his fault that he has a bye week but that week eight is going to be critical for painting a picture 
of three straight weeks of, of, of Christian McCaffrey. What are, you, what are you getting out of McCaffrey if you trade for him in this three-week window? Are you losing games? Do you lose three straight games because McCaffrey gets traded? That's what's going to be on the minds of fantasy football owners if they end up walking out of week number nine without much Christian McCaffrey production. This worries me right here. Everybody's got a buy. Brees Hall has a buy upcoming. So we can't really look at this week number nine and say, oh my God, nobody else has that. Everybody's got a buy. But this is an awkward grouping of games where it really does come down to week number eight. Or if he gets lucky and scores a touchdown on week seven and then and then does good in week eight. This worries me. This right here is going to be, I think, what everybody's talking about. What has he done since he's gone to San Francisco? Three straight games. Of course, the bye week doesn't matter. Three games, I'm without Christian McCaffrey scoring. What am I going to do, Smitty? I can hear it now. I'm not saying that that's exactly 100% how it's going to play out, but it's on my mind. Now, if we're talking about the negatives for CMC, we got to talk about the negatives for, for Brees Hall. Now, granted, admittedly, I'm biased in favor of Brees Hall. You guys all know that. But he is a rookie. He is on the Jets offense, which is evolving. We don't really know what it is yet. But the defense is on fire. The defense cascades into the offense and the, they help each other out. But there is that, okay, unknown factor, which I think strikes fear in a lot of, of conservative fantasy football owners. And I get that. That is definitely the con. But it really is the only negative when looking at the situation. Brees Hall is Christian McCaffrey in 2019. That's what I see when I look at Brees Hall. He's an absolute monster. He's matchup proof. He can catch the ball if he's not running the ball. He can run the ball if he's not catching the ball. In week number five, he had 100 yards receiving on two catches. Both catches were 50-yard receptions. He scored a touchdown in every one of his last three games. He scored a receiving touchdown as well. He's got four touchdowns in the first six weeks, and he wasn't even utilized properly in weeks one, two, and three. He's really only been unlocked for the last three games, weeks four, five, and six, and he's number six overall in running back scoring through week six he's running back number six right now in fantasy football really only being unlocked for weeks four five and six his last three games 17 18 and 20 carries progressively getting better his elusiveness is off the charts the guy's able to matriculate down the football field finding open lanes and dragging defenders with his elusiveness and his shiftiness into the end zone the guy has a nose for the end zone the team fully believes in him they're building the offense around him he is the offense he's matchup proof because if if the team's down and they got to throw the football he's capable of being the number one wide receiver on the roster he is the number one wide receiver on the roster he's the most reliable pass catcher on the roster right now go forward and if the jets are up or the game's really close and they're able to run the football he's going to run the football this guy can be a hundred yard receiver or hundred yard rusher or 200 total yard player on any given sunday he's got double digit touchdown production written all over him every season he plays he's my number one overall player going forward he's my number one dynasty player in 2023 and beyond and he's my number one obviously redraft player in 2023 if we're drafting today for next season you can trust the household name the guy that has been the number one running back from for multiple years before that's going to san francisco that played two games in 2020 that played seven games in 2021 that hasn't rushed for a thousand yards in three years that plays on an offense that has tons of talent but really a mediocre facilitator in Jimmy G. Or you can trust the guy that I've been preaching about all offseason long 
as a top five running back as a rookie, meaning there's no surprise here. It's not like this is coming out of nowhere. We expected this to happen and it's unfolding the way we predicted. If you're a a petrified Peter or a worried William, I I get your hesitation and I know you want to go with what's familiar and I'm not going to make you take a lap over it. Okay, maybe a little one. But if you're one of those people like me that is gut driven, you'll roll the dice, you'll take some gambles, you don't need to see something before it happens to believe in it, then Brees Hall is your guy going forward. It's not for everybody. Is there risk involved? Yes. But here's the thing. If you come to me and say, Smitty, but Smitty, I pulled it off. I traded Brees Hall straight up for Christian McCaffrey. We did it. I'm not going to pat you on the back or tell you you did a good job because you're not listening to what I'm saying. Christian McCaffrey has higher fair market value than Brees Hall. Just because a home's going to be worth $500,000 in one year doesn't mean you buy the house for $400,000 when it's appraised for $300,000. Christian McCaffrey has more value than Brees Hall on the trade market. You can get a Gabe Davis and a Brees Hall for Christian McCaffrey. You can get a Michael Pittman and a Brees Hall for a Christian McCaffrey. You could go get an ETN, Travis ETN, who I believe we're talking about, like we're talking about Pearson Walker right now, next week or the week after. He You'll soon be in videos that are making people uncomfortable just like this one. You can get a combination of Hall and one of those players for Christian McCaffrey straight up if you're paying attention. Don't do one-for-one trades. This is similar to Burrow in round six or Mahomes in round three. I love Mahomes in round three. And if I'm trading Burrow and Mahomes straight up, you can make arguments for either one. And you could say, why not take why not take Mahomes? But when you're equating it to draft value and what you can do with the capital that you're saving by spending your sixth rounder on Burrow and using your third rounder on Brees Hall like so many of us did. Like so many of of us when you're doing that it's it's different it's cost of entry it's balance of of what you're working with your cost of entry how you build your team all that matters when we're talking about trade or draft capital and right now if you have the ability to cash in your cmc for Brees hall and get the additional piece for your roster you're on your way to building a team via trade that you shouldn't have. One that someone looks at at the end of the year and says, how did you get that team? How did you can't draft that team? That's the ultimate goal when you're trading or even through not trading, just the sleeper drafting you've done or using your waiver wire acquisitions. The goal at the end of the year is to have the kind of team someone looks at and says, how did you get that team? You can't draft that team. This is the kind of trade that at the end of the year has people saying that about your roster. Is there risk? Absolutely. Anybody can get hurt at any moment. You can't predict some injuries. But this guy's got a long history of injuries. His team has a long history of injuring players. And you might say, okay, that's not fair. They didn't injure the players. Okay, however you want to paint the picture that the running back room in San Francisco is always banged up. And there's something to be said about how they practice and play in the scheme that injures players more often than other teams injure their players. You can argue it all you want, but the the numbers are the numbers, the facts are the facts. And and I think it's safe to say that, that a logical mind could conclude that if you're a 49er, you have a higher risk of injury, whatever the reason is. And it's not just because football is football. So many people play football, they're going to get hurt. That's true, Bob. But if you play football for the 49ers and you follow football at all outside of your your favorite team, you know that this is true. It's going to be all up to Kyle Shanahan, how he uses Christian McCaffrey. It's going to be all up to him. 
as to whether McCaffrey finishes the year upright or ends up getting injured and disappointing. In a vacuum, I like Brees Hall more than Christian McCaffrey in 2022. Let me know what you think in the comments and get on over to Underdog Fantasy using promo code SMITTY. They'll match up to $100 in your first deposit. And there are so many of these props you can do too. Not only can you re kind of set your fantasy football mindset by, okay, I've got a lot of injuries. I want some more skin in the game. You can draft a a week seven only fantasy football roster and take that into week seven and have have a whole bunch of fun like that. But you can also do these props. Here are my favorite props of the week. Nothing's a lot but these feel like almost absolute locks and you get 20 times multipliers if you put like five of these like all five of these on one ticket you drop five dollars it'll pay 100 every five dollars will pay 100 you drop ten dollars it'll pay 200 if you land all five of these on one contest ticket so go do it go drop a prop and get on over to the fantasy football show.com the fantasy football show.com get your one-on-one text advice your your trade calculator your rankings your bold predictions everything you need to dominate fantasy football and your league mates uh on a weekly and yearly basis and again my text line that's how you get my text line go to the fantasy football show.com if you want on-demand text advice with your boy smitty now get out of here this is the fantasy football show with your host smitty